Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Episode 103. The ongoing international Bobcast series continues. Uh, tonight's guest, I, th- I think I first met him uh, up on the roof of Whole Foods a few years back. Um, he was in a band called Albanac, and they were touring through um, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And um, he's friends with Drew, uh, Karen Reed, Bill Reed. So, you know, we start chatting, immediately hit it off. We had a mutual interest in comics, music. First time I ever saw the band perform, it was at the Valley Forge Convention Center. And um, basically, I am backstage filming for the band Brother. Uh, They wrap their set, and Albanac is about to perform. But before Albanac even performs... This entire army, I guess it was the, the Albanac army, if you will, looked like straight out of Braveheart. Everyone with their faces painted blue, um, Scottish flags. I mean, I'm talking maybe 100 people, the fans coming in through the back and putting on a spectacle for, I guess, the rest of the crowd. And they were hyped to see this band. They were so energetic. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is going to be something special. Uh, the band took the stage, and, I mean, they definitely had, you know, the crowd by their fingertips, they had the beats, they had the energy, uh, the pipes, you know, it, it just all came together. Here on the Bobcast tonight, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Aya Thorne. How are you, Aya? Hey, Dan. I'm good, thanks, Bob. So, where exactly in Scotland are you right now? I'm in Edinburgh. Nice. What's the weather like? You said it's a little windy out there? Yeah, it's horrible. It's like <laughs> sideways, rain. wind will knock you off your feet sort of thing. Yeah? What's the temperature yeah. like? Cold as shit. <laughs> you know, it's bizarre. I was just out front of my house. I was cleaning some stuff up. My grass is still green. Usually here in Pennsylvania, we have winter, but it's like we're we're skipping over it again. And the grass is green. It's like 55 degrees. It's totally bizarre. Yeah, when I, when I was over there, I noticed it wasn't as harsh as it has been previous years. It's global warming and it's full effect, you know? Yeah, totally. I blame social media completely for, for global <laughs> I think everyone's using their phones today, and it just it just heats up the world. But um, usually, uh, on the Bobcast, we like to start things off with a, a simple question: When did you first get interested in music? What what was like you know when you were a kid? Like who were your idols? What was the, your favorite rock and roll band? Like you know where did you get your start? I really remember when I was a kid watching my dad listen to music. Mm-hmm. So I'd watch, like, watch him and wonder why he was tapping his foot and everything. I remember that, being really young. I remember copying him. And uh, there was always music playing in the house. Always, you know, some metal or some rock and roll or something, you know? Yeah. So you know, we could we grew up uh, always listening to music. My family's quite musical, not on my dad's side, but my uncle's a great guitarist, my cousins, and, you know, everyone's musical. And, uh, yeah, we just like to listen to dad's music and sing along and jump around like idiots you know yeah yeah I, listen to I, I a lot get of that. like ACDC Thin Lizzy Motorhead stuff like that so you you grew up in a very rock and roll eccentric family I mean listen to ACDC yeah. during the weekends definitely had to get the kids hype so yeah. you, you said you had some siblings do you have uh, brothers and sisters yeah yeah I've got uh, a little brother and a little sister oh and so I'm you're the oldest okay two, two stepsisters too so so what was the first like instrument you picked up as a kid? Uh, I tried my hand at a lot of different instruments, you know. Mm-hmm. Tried the guitar, failed at that. Tried the bass, failed at that. I was okay at drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, I only really picked up the baran as a just as a little hobby, you know. Yeah. Uh, not really intending for it to 
anything to come from it. It's just something to do, you know. Something to do, yeah. Yeah, but I've tried a lot of stuff, but I'm kind of lazy, man. <laughs> That's alright. <laughs> Most musicians really are. I mean, they just kind of <laughs> want to do their thing. Yeah. So, uh, what was the first time like you ever uh, performed in front of people? The first time. Like I your performed. first legitimate gig. My first legitimate gig in anything. In anything. Yeah, it was. It was just a little, um, a little uh, club gig in Glasgow, DJing. Oh, you're DJ too. That's right. You told me that before. DJing. Let's just get this out there on the podcast. DJing is. I mean, like for musicians who are in bands, DJing is just like a whole new level of like you know excitement. It's you have the, literally the pulse of the crowd in your hands. What type of music were you spinning as a DJ? I was playing house and techno, mostly techno. So this is like the '90s, right? This was uh, late '90s, early 2000s. You know. What was your DJ name? I did. I didn't really bother with a different name. Aya Thorne's distinctive enough, you know. Pretty much, DJ Thorne would have sound pretty cool, though. I think definitely. <laughs> so, uh, where where was this club at? Oh, it was just a small. It was actually downstairs in a bar. It was a little uh, under like underground club thing. Mm-hmm. It could only take like maybe three hundred people, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we just had like our, our friends around, and we played about. Just got wasted, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was just listening to, um, I was part of this like song challenge last week on Facebook, social media, and I was like trying to like, you know, put out seven different songs and you know, seven different periods of my life, I guess, but I got stuck in the late 90s, and the late 90s was such a strange time for rock and roll. I mean, you had Kid Rock, you had Limp Bizkit, you had that new metal type of sound, and it, it seems to me as if like those bands have almost been forgotten about. Some of them are still playing. Like I, I just read that Limp Bizkit's doing their 20th anniversary tour, and they're doing a tour of Moscow. What do you wow. remember of the late 90s? Like what, what was your like recollection of like the music scene? Well, in the late 90s, I kind of I was doing my my own thing. I was listening to old like like a guy called Rory Gallagher. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. I was just listening to him constantly back then, and listening. I was more into finding like obscure older acts because I didn't really like any of that anything that was going on then. Yeah, it was weird. Weird well, scene. Just, yeah, it was weird. There was some stuff that was okay, but most of it I was just trying to find like old obscure blues rocks, just ignoring everything else. It was a really weird time. I mean, like, it, it, the telephones hadn't taken over everything. People were still using pagers. Smartphones weren't really invented. And it was, the, the I guess, the last of, like, uh, the era of music consumption when people actually bought CDs, which is yeah. strange. I was in a record store the other day, and I just took a picture of, like, all the, the records and CDs, you know, thinking to myself, this is going to be a relic one day because people, you know, they just don't really care to buy the album. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's not the same. I mean, Adele just sold, like, what, three million copies. So, yeah, people are still buying packages, you know, if they will. And yeah. websites like Tidal Now, actually tonight, Tidal is uh, doing, like, a live Coldplay concert that you can only watch if you uh, stream to their site. So, yeah, music, you know, uh, you know, in the late 90s was strange. Like, um, what was, the, like, was Albanac the first band that you ever joined up with? So let's go back to that. Like, what what's the origin of how DJ Thorne got involved with <laughs> yeah. Albanac? Um, well, back when I was younger, when I was like fifteen, um, 
I used to do like full contact fighting. Oh really? Sword fighting. Yeah. Sword For fighting. Like, yeah. It was after Braveheart came out. Okay. And I met a guy that had been working on it. And I was 15. I was like, what the hell, man? You're running around with a sword. How, did, yeah. how does this happen? And he was like, well, come, I'll show you. So he like trained me and my friend to do a bit of sword fighting and stuff. And then ended up being on film and TV sets. And just... When, when you watch a movie like Braveheart, you know, when you watch the battle scenes and everyone comes together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you're like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. That was that's they're the full impact fighters. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that didn't mind hitting each other. And then if you look further back in the shot, you see the people in the background that are just going. Yeah. You know, so that's just, we were. I was involved with doing that. So were you in like film and television before doing this? Yeah, just like now and again, just like TV shows, like an episode here or there, or um, like a couple of like weird. European movies and stuff, you know. Oh wow. me. But um, I mean, that and that was fun, you know. We go and we camp, we be away for a, a week, and you just like run at each other and beat each other up with swords. It was fun. That's awesome. But then in the in the, in the downtime when we weren't working, we'd, like sit around the fire and people would bring out drums and pipes and you know start playing music. And then as well, that it was through that I met Jackie and. Jamesy from Albanac. So I was like, I've known Jackie Jamesy since I was like 15 years old. Wow. And uh, so that's how I met them. And then, um, you know, as the, the film and TV work disappeared after the Braveheart rush, you know, uh, everyone started forming their own bands. Mm-hmm. So Jamesy and Jackie were out with a band called Clan and Drummer. And they'd been going for a few years, and uh, I, I was doing a gig with them. I was doing some stunt fighting, like a sword fighting display, and uh, I got on really well. And I liked the music and stuff. Didn't think anything of it. Continued my course of college. I just finished college. I was working. I was the assistant manager in the video store. Remember them? Oh yeah, I remember video stores. Blockbuster. <laughs> what kind? Of, what was the name of the video store you worked at? It was a uh, Global Video. Global Video. Kids will never know, like, the glory of walking into a video store and smelling all that plastic and being like, how am I going to entertain myself? Like, Netflix, Netflix and chill, everyone's like, you know, you have you have it at your fingertips. I remember the feeling distinctively of walking in and thinking, I can't wait to rent this movie, and then seeing it completely all sold out on the shelf and just walking out with my head down. Kids will yeah. never know no. that feeling. Never. No. You know? <laughs> They're missing out. They really are. I, I mean... I mean, back in the day, you had to, like, really, I, I guess you had to struggle for your entertainment. Today, it's, yeah, you, had, you know. Yeah, you had to want it back then, man. You had to you had to be there first, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you had to be there first. I remember as a kid, I think it was uh, when Predator 2 first came out on VHS, VHS tape, I was desperate to get it. I, I didn't see it in the theaters because it was rated R, and I must have waited in front of the store for, like, three hours I, they opened the gates and they're like, "Yeah, that doesn't come out till next month." So I had wasted an entire morning, but yeah, I feel you on that. So um, please continue from uh, the video store. So um, yeah, so I just finished my college course and I was working full time through the summer. I was literally day two or three of being assistant manager in this store, and I got a phone call out of the blue from Jamesy, and he just said, "What are you doing on Wednesday?" I was like, "Oh, nothing, man. Probably just working." He said, do you want to come to America? I was like, shit, yeah, I want to come to America. Wow. 
So I phoned up my supervisor and everyone was like, listen, I'm, I've got a once in a lifetime opportunity to be flown out to America, you know, all expenses paid and, and uh, hang out with my friends and play a gig. So the, my supervisor was like, yeah, of course, on you go. We'll see you when you get back. Yeah. So I went out with them. I couldn't remember any of their music. I'd only seen them a couple of times. I took my baran with me. I'd never heard them before. Like, well, I'd never played with them. No rehearsals, no. <laughs> never in front of a massive crowd like that before. No practice at all. You just get on a plane. Just got on a plane and got on a stage wow. and stood there like a rabbit in the headlights going, what the hell's going on, man? Yeah. Everyone's looking at me going, <clears throat> and uh, I just started trying to try to play along, you know? Yeah. The sound engineer was actually putting a microphone in the back of my drum and I kept pushing it away because I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, yeah, from there, I thought it was just going to be for that weekend and we were going to have a laugh. And then from there, I'd never, never stopped being on the road from there. Wow, just from that one moment? From that one moment, yeah. So did he, did he basically just, I mean, like when he said to you, do you want to come to America, was that him saying, do you want to join the band? Well, at the time, the band leader, after the, we played the weekend, he just turned around to me and said, there's a job here if you want it. Oh, that's awesome. And I just had like one of the best weekends of my life. I was like, yeah, I want it. And was, so it, it, went, was it a one-off show in America, or did you do like a, it, a leg? It was That was just a one-off. That was Grandfather Mountain, Highland Games in uh, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big one. It's real fun. You know? How many people did you play for the first gig? few hundred anyway a scary amount at the time I was just like, <gasps> and how old are you again at this point 35 i'm sorry say it again 35 wow man god so i mean like so then like the like you just you i mean albanac i just played everywhere in america and every time you guys play you have great crowds you know i mean so like did the touring process just begin from there were you always in america or like like coming back and forth like to australia Excuse me, uh, Scotland. We um, we did that, and then there was a few weeks off, and then we came out and did a twelve-week tour of the northeast of America, and that was my first real taste of touring, you know. Yeah. And I, I loved it. Quite a bit of fun, right? Yeah, it was awesome. What were Uh, you guys uh, driving around in? What kind of vehicle? Uh, man, I can't even remember. It was. We had a nice big van for a while. It had like big, comfortable chairs and everything. Yeah, but they never last. We drive, we you know, we ride them too hard. Yeah, and then they just break. Yeah, but, I know that feeling. Yeah, I got. I think the first van we had broke down in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Like we were at a hotel, and we went to drive away, and we didn't even, like barely made it out of the parking lot. Oh, with all the gear and everything, right? Merge. So then we just had to like drop that vehicle there, run out and buy a new one, hook up the trailer, and then just leave and let's leave the, the old van just sitting in the hotel parking lot. You just left it? You abandoned it? left <laughs> it. Someone else dealt with it, you know? Man, somebody somebody may have that somewhere as like an artifact. So I, so then you're going like, you know, full speed, I guess, with Albanac. And, um, you know, like, what, what, what can you tell, like, the, the Bobcast listeners about that experience? I mean, like, global video is just like, what, a glimmer in your eye then? You weren't going back to that? You weren't going to go be an assistant manager no more? Like, what in your mind, when did you realize, like, this is my new career? I don't know. I mean, I did a year and a bit with the, the band Clan and Drummer, and then that 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 band fell to pieces. Mm-hmm. And then it was I think it was when 
Jamesy, Donny, the guy Kyle, who was our first lead drummer. And uh, well, it's when we decided that we were not going to stop and we were going to start our own band. Oh, okay. Alpenach. So that was like, a, at that time, it was like, okay, that's making a decision now that this is what you're going to do. And then it was kind of scary because we were trying to get the work that we'd always had and we weren't sure what we were going to get and if it was all going to work. And we were, we were all dirt poor at the time, you know. Mm-hmm. I was living off a loaf of bread a week. Man. Yeah. Toast for breakfast, toast for lunch and toast for dinner. <laughs> all the calories you needed, right? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Did you ever treat I yourself just, to uh, any peanut butter or butter or anything <laughs> If if, uh, if the person I was living with had any, I'd steal a little bit here and there. Oh, I love it! I love it. Like, um, at that what year point, is this? Know? Like, um, where are we? Like, in the or we're in the early two thousands at this point. This would be the two thousand and five. Two thousand five, right? So two thousand and five. I mean, you saw like a like from that time until recently, there was a bunch of different members, right, of Albanac, like kind of like a rotating cast. But, um, we had Kyle, who was our first lead drummer. Mm-hmm. He quit, and then we got Colin, and I mm-hmm. think you met Colin. Yeah, he's a good guy. And then, but and we had uh, the big uh, bald-headed tattooed guy, Davey. Uh-huh. Davey Ramon, he left as well. And we, he never, we never replaced him. And then we just went out as, as a five-piece at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's been a five-piece since. So what was the recording? I mean, like, I've heard a bunch of different albums uh, on the iTunes, like... When you guys would go in and record an album, like what was that process like? Usually, we'd sit around for a good few weeks beforehand and just trying to get the ideas for tunes and you know, you know, organize the tunes and stuff. Because mm-hmm. obviously, like the actual melody is up to Donny on the bagpipes. The mm-hmm. rest of us have to try and slot in there mm-hmm. and then just working out space within within those rhythms where you can all fit in and not just sound like a big model you know yeah so I mean that takes when you've only got so many tools you know you've only got the drums and the pipes it's kind of hard to keep everything um, original and mm-hmm. and have a bit of like of a difference you know mm-hmm. so we do that and then we just jump into the studio and just Donny Donny would just lay the, like a, a guide track mm-hmm. for us to follow along and then we'd just try and get the drums knocked out as quick as possible. Was Donny in the band when you joined? Yeah. Uh, he was. He's like an OG member? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he's been in he's been doing it since he was like 17 straight out of school. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's why straight I, out of school. Has he ever had like a like a global video job, or is it just straight like Alban act the whole time? Um, I think he worked at McDonald's for an afternoon. Nice or something, for, <laughs> for an afternoon. King. For an afternoon, it didn't, it didn't stick. That's what's up. So, um, like Alban acts, like fans, you know, they're all over the band. They love it. I mean, like from two thousand five up until recently, like what was your experience with like you know the Alban act army and like. Just how much they loved you guys. I think we're very lucky because all our fans are like crazy loyal, you know. Crazy loyal, yeah. Yeah, like 
think, but it's a lot, you know, I think the way it works is we've always made ourselves accessible to everyone. It's not like we like go back into the green room and not speak to we like go yeah. out and hang out with people and, mm-hmm. and talk to them. We were just, you know, none of us are, have that big of an ego that we're, we're, we're above talking to people, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, if you take the time to talk to people and hang out and be friendly, then I know myself, if someone's like that with me, then I'm loyal to them, and I yeah more for them because I like them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hamish uh, was just on the podcast uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. We were talking about that, you know, just basically how, you know, I learned a lot from him, you know, like, as a musician, because they, they would spend, like, more time with the fans than the actual set. And, you know, people just really enjoy that, you know, I mean... From personal experience, I know when like you really like a band and they don't want anything to do with like meeting the the, the fans, the crowd, it can get you know uh, it brings you down in a way. So I mean, it's I always saw that at the Valley Forge Convention Center um, when you guys would play, I'd always see like the interactions and stuff. Um, speaking of which, uh, how did you get uh, hooked up with uh, East of the Hebrides, Bill and Karen Reed? I think we met um, we met Bill yeah. when we were doing the Tartan Day Parade in New York mm-hmm. in April sometime, I can't remember. It was quite close to the start of things. And uh, I think Bill, Bill saw something there that he oh, thought, yeah. you know how crafty Bill is, you know? He's Nothing very gets crafty. Bill. He's a crafty <laughs> so he, man. Yeah, so he uh, he started hiring us for, um, for gigs here and there, midwinter and stuff like that at Valley Forge. What year was that when you guys first started playing? Do you remember? Two thousand eight, maybe or something like that. Like two thousand, I, I can't really recall. I but it'd be. I mean, we've been going there for so long. Yeah, I remember one of those gigs. It was just, man, the fans were just, they just, they turned up, man. It was, it was lit. Yeah, it's always good. It's a good time, you know. Yeah, I like that festival because it's all contained. Yeah, you can't really go so, nowhere, you know. Yeah, and just, you know, even if you end up shit faced, you just go get an elevator and you're back in your bed. You back know? in your room, yeah. 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 You, did you guys play the one year where like they didn't tell Bill and Karen that they were building the casino and it was like yeah. moved over, right? Remember that? Yeah, that's right. I remember being like, what? Like they had this festival planned. Uh, they've been doing it for a better part of maybe I think 20 years now or something. And uh, basically the Valley Forge Casino just moved in almost like seamlessly overnight. And Bill and yeah. Karen had to make a show happen. And they basically, I think, did it in like what would be like what a wedding room, I guess, in a way. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a much more condensed version. But now, I mean, yeah. they moved into a new room and, you know, the the festival's still going. I think it was around that time when uh, we first met and uh, we first uh, started talking about comics. Um, yeah. Comics is something I hear on the podcast we talk about all the time. I love reading comics. I think it's one of the things that keeps me young. It's something I've done since I was a kid. And, you know, some of the books are getting better and better. Um, what's some of your, what like, your all-time favorite graphic novel favorite comic book, what would you say it is? It'd have to be Preacher. Preacher, one of the all-time best cult graphic novels, ongoing series. Um, the television show just released a trailer. Have you seen it? I've seen it, yeah. What's your thoughts on it? Do you think that the guy that's playing Preacher resembles who you read in the books? I, th- I like him. I like that's a good casting choice. Do you think that the show is going I to be he- able to capture, like, you know, the elements, the supernatural elements that is depicted in the books? I don't know. That's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm worried about because I'm like, are they going to be able to get this dark? I mean, for people who haven't read Preacher, I mean, 
do, do me a favor. Tell the Bobcast listeners, you know, what this book's all about. Uh, it's the, the offspring of a, an angel and a demon ends up in the body of a drunken kind of badass preacher man from yeah. Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great setting, too, for the story because Texas yeah. is like, you know, it's almost like its own country. Um, the, the first time I read the book, I was I was blown away. I was like, "This is in, intense!" And uh, when I heard the news that they were going to bring it to AMC, you know, they already have done The Walking Dead and they've had much success. I, I was excited. I mean, from the get go. Yeah. You uh, I, also mentioned that you liked uh, why the last man up there on the roof. Yes. Why, why the last man is literally the last man on Earth, and it's the story of him and his pet monkey i guess as they try to figure out what his role is i had read that this was coming to television and film for a long time but it seems to just yeah. kind of fallen away i don't know if you could adapt that you know it's, it's hard i guess to adapt certain books i think i think i prefer like things like that it's got to be a tv series mm-hmm. i think you've got more time more time to, to re- let it go yeah i mean you could, what, can you imagine if the walking dead was just a movie it would it wouldn't work at all yeah it'd, it'd just be rushed and You'd, miss, you'd have to cut out whole massive chunks. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do that. Um, one of my favorite writers uh, happens to be from Scotland, uh, Mark Millar. I don't know if yeah. you've heard of this. Some, he's hit or miss sometimes lately, but he's got this new book I, out. This new book is called Huck. Well, I've, I've not read it yet, but I'm wanting to read it. Oh, it's great. Okay, I mean, highly recommend you pick this up. It's a story of this guy who lives up in Maine. He's a, a large, you know, young man. In stature, he looks like a football player, and I guess you could say that he has like a low IQ. He's a little slow, and it's the story of how a town keeps the fact that he is a superhero a secret, and he does these good deeds. And you know, sometimes Mark Millar he just hits it out of the bag. I, I love how he sells his products, though. I mean, he really knows how to sell. Like, I feel as if his comic books now are more like movies, but this book in particular um, is one of my favorites, along with Superior and Nemesis. Definitely check him out. One of the greatest Scots writers out there. He's good. Yeah, he's good, you know. Have you ever got a chance to meet him? I know he's got like his own store out there, right? In I Edinburgh, know. I think. Is it? I think so. I have, do- have to double check that. He just did this contest where uh, he was allowing fans from the Millar World uh, website to write short stories about uh, characters that he's done to win basically a writing gig. Uh, American Jesus, you ever read that? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so like I, I, I submitted like a short story about American Jesus, awesome book about a kid that grows up, not really wanting to be the, the second coming of the Messiah, but um, I, apparently he was gonna uh, continue that. I think there's only one series in it, but that happens a lot with him. He's on to the next, except for Kick Ass, which Kick Ass has what three books out? I don't know. I kind of yeah. dropped off after the second one. I was like, look, I don't, you know, I couldn't yeah, get into the second movie either. I was just like, what? But um, second series, man. I um I haven't seen the the Secret Service film yet either. I heard it's it's okay. I, I liked it. Is it good? Yeah. I got to check it out definitely. So yeah, I mean we had that conversation up on the roof, you know, and then you continued on with uh, Albanac for a couple more years. Um, you basically were hitting the road. You were doing the Bro Knock tours with the fellows and brother. Uh, I guess uh, you start jamming with uh. My good friend, uh, did you read Drew? What was your first impressions of uh, good old Drew Reed? <laughs> I was like, who's, who's this mental? Who's this mental guy? <laughs> yeah, he really likes to get down, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I was like, what? 
what is going on with this fella? Yeah, he but, really, you know, he's, he's a bag of fun, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a one-off, as Drew. Yeah. Definitely a, <laughs> the definition of an individual. Definitely, definitely the definition <laughs> of an individual. Just this morning, I think it was like 5.50 in the morning, we're on different times, he's on the other side of the country. Sends me the, He sends me the strangest stuff on Facebook through Messenger. You know, like, this is my point of view. I'm having a steam in a bath right now. What are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm asleep. Like, you know? But, yeah, uh, I, get them. I get the same things, like, yeah, all right. sorts of things a day. <laughs> all weird things, you know? But he's up all night now. He's recording his uh, his solo album. So we look forward to that here on the podcast. So uh, Albanac and Brother, you guys are doing a bunch of shows together. Um and then recently, you know, it became into the public light that you would uh, be stepping down. So your time with Albanac wouldn't necessarily be coming to a close, but you were going to return home to Scotland. What can you tell yeah. us about that? Um, well, it's just uh, the way it's harder to make money playing music now, you know, especially when you, you're, you're depending on selling your CDs and your stuff at the gigs like we do. And, you know... It's uh, outdoor festivals too, so yeah. all it takes a little bit of rain and you're screwed. So I think in order in order to make the money that we need to survive, you're just going to have to hit the road longer. Yeah, it's going to have to come out. I'd have to like leave my family for longer, and I just I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I understand. And I'm sure a lot of other people out there listening to this bot. Uh, Bobcast totally get it. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to be a musician. It's hard to be a musician in today's climate. I mean, exactly what you said. You know, you get one rainstorm, boom, you, you just lost a whole bunch of income. Yeah. And it's a shame that that's kind of what's happening to bands now is they just can't, you know, they can't sustain themselves no more because, you know, like we said at the beginning of this cast, I mean, people just don't buy stuff no more, you know, like... Personally, I still buy CDs just because I like opening it up and, you know, seeing what the artist went through to make it. And I hope one day, you know, that it returns to that. Um, I guess this wasn't a, you know, a lighthearted decision. You know, it, you took some time with it. Um, what was the last few shows like for you? Um, it was weird. Like, the last <laughs> tour just felt like business as usual until about the last three weeks. And that's when I was having to say goodbye to people for maybe not hopefully not the last time but definitely a long time you know and that started to get started to feel a bit real then yeah but, but a lot of people came out to see me and say goodbye and bought me beers and stuff so you know it, it was like bittersweet i guess is the yeah the the best way to put it because i was excited to come home and, and uh be with my kids and and not have to worry about leaving them again you know yeah I was obviously sad to to leave leave the guys behind and the yeah. plane, but you know, I'm well. at, at a similar uh, crossroads. You know, I mean, here in the Bobcast, we're kind of switching things around. We're going to start talking to more dads, make it about the dad cast. Uh, I'm going to be a dad in about nine weeks. Any advice for me? Um, just take it easy on yourself and don't stress out too much, man. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. got done doing the nursery today. I mean it. It, it is stressful, but at the same time, kids are great, you know, I mean, yeah. kids I mean, keep you young, you know? Yeah, the first the first few months, you're going to be useless anyway, man. Yeah, I <laughs> all know, about mommy. I know. All about mommy, but well, the one thing I, well, I wasn't prepared, when I had my second child, 
I thought she was going to be like, like a carbon copy of my older child, you know? Mm-hmm. I just thought my, my oldest child, she's like nice and calm and quiet and she's, she's quite happy with her own company, you know? Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll have another one of them. That's great. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Oh, then we Molly pops along and she's just mental. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's like my oldest child is me when I was a kid, quiet and shy and reserved. Uh-huh. And then my younger is me, kind of now, which is a bit more outgoing and a bit more mm-hmm. daft. She picked you know, up. She picked up the like the latter DNA personality in human form in my head. <laughs> so yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't wait. I'm, I'm glad that you know you went back. Um, so like now that you're back home with the kids and stuff like that, like wh- what are you going to be working on? Um, I'm going to probably go back to school. Yeah, what are you thinking about studying? Well, I'm thinking about studying events management. Mm-hmm. Figure that uh, having a 12-year gap in your resume playing music might actually work to my benefit in events management, you know? Yeah, I mean, things with resumes too is, I mean, it's just a piece of paper, really. Yeah. I mean, what better, uh, I mean, you've seen the world, you've done a bunch of different things. So, are you thinking about going back to like college, like university? Uh, well, we call it college here, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like your college. We go, we go like college, then university. Got it. And our university is like your college. Okay, it's I got like, it. Mm-hmm. Like the long thing. So, like college here is just a, a little bit of further education. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over here, like, we don't have to pay. I can just go. And do that, and I'll actually be funded to do it. I mean, we got it all backwards over here, you know. You got to pay. I know we got to pay for everything, man. Well, I mean, do you think that perhaps maybe uh, you'll start DJing again? Yeah, yeah. But that's, I've been working on that since uh, since I got back. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get a couple of mixes together. I want to try doing different stuff, not just techno, but do some rock stuff and some blues stuff. And yeah. Stuff, yeah. Kids party stuff, maybe. <laughs> well, when you do get it together, you know, we, we can air it over here on the Bobcast. I mean, if you send right. me some tracks, you know, I mean, we can get together and do some things. You know, um, before we uh, go today, I just want to say, you know, thanks for doing this international Bobcast. Uh, it was awesome. a pleasure, you know, to meet you all those years ago. Uh, I'm very happy for yeah. you that you're, you've returned home. So, yeah. um, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for the advice about being, you know, a dad here on the Dadcast slash Bobcast, live in the lounge. Uh, any closing thoughts, Aya? No, I'm good. I just, thanks for having me on. It's good talking to you, man. It's good talking with you too, man. Thanks for coming to the show, Mr. Aya Thorne of the band Albanac. Definitely check him out in the few weeks to come. Hopefully DJ Thorne comes into your headset soon enough. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Bobcast. With you as always is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board.